Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So we are going to... Ask Stacy to come and <laughs> I find hand mics a little easier because sometimes if I shake my head, I throw those things off. <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, but I just would I'm so honored to introduce to you my Shiloh team. We they uh, I have a Shiloh mentorship where I am mentoring people in the prophetic, equipping them to take prophecy outside the walls of the church and all of these amazing men, when we have hundreds on staff, I, I mean, on our, in our mentorship, but they, um, uh, whenever I go to a different place, I say, hey, I'm going to be here. If any of you can come, come and help me serve. So they have all of their own expense come to help to serve you. And so I'm going to, we're going to do a little prophetic session at the end. So just the, if they're, that's them. Okay. So uh, you can look up the Shiloh Company if you're interested. Uh, it is, uh, you can go to shilohcompany.org or to my husband and my website, wesleystacycampbell.com. Um, Britt informed me that it's a little, needs to be updated. With, so she's going to help me with that. So anyway, but I am so honored to come to this place because, um, in 2013, I, all, all of you were praying for my son. And in 2013, my son Judah, I, I have four sons and one daughter, and my second son Judah broke his neck in a rugby game. And, um, and three neurosurgeons said that he would be a quadriplegic for the rest of his life. And I don't know where I was. I was in Madison, Wisconsin, and then I, I did, where did I go, Cindy? And then I was, I was actually out of town. And um, my husband phoned me from emergency. And he said, Stacy, there's been a terrible accident. Uh, I was preaching at a prophetic conference in Madison, Wisconsin, and then came to Williamsburg the next day. He said, there's been a terrible accident. And he said, you know me. He said, I've asked the doctors every which way, because my husband's one of those guys that said, well, what about this, and what about that, and what's the hope for this, and what's the hope for that? And he said, and the doctors have said 98% chance Judah will be a quadriplegic for the rest of his life. And they sent in the social worker, and they did all these things. And I, um, I asked Wesley, what do I do? Like, do I come home immediately? But he says, no. It, not going to make any difference. We don't know what's going to happen. Just, just, you know, keep going. And because uh, I was, all my tickets were connected. I couldn't even get out. I tried actually to get out. I couldn't. So it was. I wouldn't have got home any difference than if I would have gone to Williamsburg and went home. And so, so anyway, I uh, went to Williamsburg the next day, and Cindy happened to be there, and I told the story of my son, and I said, let's go into prayer, but uh, uh, let's go into prayer. And Cindy was there, right? You were, 
You were there. Were you in the Madison, Wisconsin one? Wow. So we we took people to your to that church. Wow. And um, wow. and then and I'll just say this: I've never, I'm not not someone to flatter people. I was so amazed at the grace and her commitment to serve God when she was looking at something so horrific and scary. And, and she just ministered and ministered. No one even knew that she was in that crisis until near the very end. And then she shared and asked for prayer. And then the Lord had given me a word. And one person you didn't want to prophesy in front of back then me would be Stacy Campbell, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and the Lord kept showing me, it's not going to be this, it's not going to be this, it's going to be a really quick recovery. So I got up and I prophesied the, the three things that the enemy had wanted to do, but that he was not allowed to do any of them. It would be a fast recovery. And, and that's what I prophesied. And that's why the Lord sent me yeah. that morning. And so when, when I, the second I heard about it, I went into a little room. This was still in Madison. The next day I came to Williamsburg. I, I went up uh, to this little room by myself. I just had to get alone and pray. And I said, and I, and I, and I was thinking of the scripture where, um, that we can go before the throne of grace and find help in time of need. So I was looking for a throne room passage in the Bible and I went to Daniel chapter seven. I knew nothing about the courts of heaven. I knew nothing about that. And because, you know, in that chapter, the ancient of days is seated on the throne, you know? The ancient of days took his seat and dominions were given to him and powers and all this amazing stuff. And you keep reading in Daniel chapter seven and a little later on it goes, you know, down, 20 verses or 21 verses or so it says but the little horn was waging war against the saints until the ancient of days pronounced judgment in favor of the saints so I'm reading this and I'm going before the Lord and I'm saying Lord and I'm waging war with the prophecies that God gave me over my children that you promised and you are the God who cannot lie and you are truth itself and everything you said is true and and this is what you said if I would obey you you would be with my children and you said it here and you said it here and I was just taking those prophetic words before the Lord and I was saying so I'm asking you God and I figured that since the ancient of days sat down or took his seat he could get up so this was my prayer get up from your throne and pronounce judgment in favor of my son get up from your throne and pronounce judgment in favor of my son and I said it over and over and over again and the next day I came here and she gave me a prophetic word that it was going to be a quick recovery and I had all these prophets from all over the world my husband uh, put up this Facebook page Judah Campbell recovery it's actually still there you can see my my son you know walking in the in the walker but anyway uh, long story short from the second I prayed that prayer uh, the, the toes on my son's foot began to wiggle on the left foot and the doctor said that's a good sign it means there's some life in the spinal cord but that's might be all he ever does you know and the next day he could make a gas pedal motion and the day after that he could lift the leg and then he could wiggle the toes on the right foot and it was literally like Ezekiel's bones coming back to life and uh, bit by bit by bit and the neurosurgeons kept saying well you know uh, the hands are the last to come back. The arms may never come back, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, long story short, just as Cindy prophesied, and I know you were all praying, so I came here just to thank you, those of you who were here back in 2013, 
Thank you for praying for my son. It was a corporate body of Christ effort. And five weeks minus a day, my son walked out of that hospital. He's never had a wheelchair. He's never had it. He, you know, and uh, now he's married with my only two grandchildren thus far. And so it, it's a, it was amazing. But you prayed for me, you know, and my family. And that's what the body of Christ does. We. We come together and we help one another, not only in time of need, but we, we do it all the time. So I'm just, uh, I just really want to honor Cindy and uh, the word of the Lord that came to her. And I know you're a warrior tribe, and so uh, you're made for war. So I, I want you, when, when I have battles, I want you on my team, you know, on my side. And I'll tell you, and, you know, so anyway, it's awesome. God always does something good in the midst of pain. And even on my son's story, a week before uh, that he broke his neck, I was doing a prophetic conference with a young prophet named Sammy Robinson from Canada. He's an amazing young prophet. And I, uh, we were finished the meetings, and we had gone uh, back to the speaker's room, to the green room, and we were just rejoicing in all the Lord had done and talking about what God was doing and everything. He's just a very zealous guy. I love Sammy Robinson. He's probably what 40 now yeah so I'm 61 so I'm very old compared to Sammy Robinson but but it was it's great to work together generationally and all of a sudden he looked at me and said Stacy this is a week before the accident I just had a vision while you were talking and I said really what was it and he said I just had a vision of a huge wave of healing coming over your church and he said, it's going to happen. This was September, because the accident was October 10th or something, or this was maybe October 2nd. I, I can't remember exact dates. But end of September and the first week in October, he broke his neck. And he, and, um, he said, I saw a huge wave of healing coming over your church. And it's going to happen before Christmas. He said, I mean, it's huge. Like the lame will walk kind of thing. Like the blind will see. Kind of, it's a big wave of healing. It's gonna, and it's going to affect a million people before Christmas. And I do what I always do when I get a prophetic word. I thank God for it. I believe it. I mix my faith with whatever good thing God wants to do. I wage war with it if it's something that I need to take to, to warfare. And I, I, I prayed it. So I went home that night and I prayed it and I said, thank you, God, for this amazing move of healing that's coming to our church before Christmas. Lord, I remember you prophesied healing then and then. And I always remind the Lord of the things that he's spoken because every word is confirmed by the mouth of two or three. And so I was telling that, and for two or three or four days, I did it till I forgot, you know, so half the week I probably did it, and then I went on to the next thing, because um, uh, uh, I'm a girl. <laughs> and we kind of are all over the place. We, you know, we're not logical and everything like that. But so, uh, so anyway, uh, I, I did that, and he said, it's going to affect a million people before Christmas. And then the next week, one week late to the day, my son broke his neck. My husband made this Judah Campbell Recovery Facebook page. And the interesting thing about it was the accident happened in October. Judah walked out of the hospital in November. But, but my husband put this thing up, and every, everybody, the whole world began to pray. 
And over one mil, by the time my son walked out of the hospital in November, over one million people had logged on to Judah Campbell Recovery Facebook page. And because it happened at a rugby game, all the rugby players all over the world were watching it. Everybody was praying. And everybody in the world was watching God do a miracle before their very eyes. And at Christmas, I talked to an orthopedic surgeon. She, he's a friend of ours that works at that hospital. And we got talking about it, you know, so it was several years ago now. But we got talking about it. He said, you know, that, what happened to Judah, and he's a surgeon and a scientist. He said, you know, and an orthopedic surgeon, so he knows bones, not spinal cords. But he, he said, it was probably... He said, not was probably, was the single greatest thing that has ever happened at Kelowna General Hospital. So, I mean, so all the doctors were impacted. And so God can do something good in the midst of crisis. And God always is, you know, I often say that when I'm going through something, God's not only alpha. He doesn't just start things. He's not just the beginning. He is alpha. He is the creator. He begins things. He starts things. He, he, you know, he puts gifts in us. He knits us together in our mother's womb. He does all these amazing things. He is alpha. He started the whole creation of the world. He is alpha. But he's not just alpha. He's omega. He's going to finish what he started. You know, he's going to finish uh, the, the good work that he began in you. He's going to finish it. And so in the middle of certain things, when it's really looking dark, sometimes I just get up and I go, Omega, Omega. And I worship Omega, who is the end of the story and not just the beginning of the story. And uh, I think that this is a time in the world where we need to actually know that God is Omega, that we're in very turbulent times. The world is suffering from the impact of a global pandemic a global economic crisis is looming. I, I was with high-level economists in Geneva a couple months ago, and um, they were all saying, you know, from the world's point of view, these things that are, that are happening, and they're worried about especially the poorest of the poor, because as you know from probably Wesley being here before, our book, Be a Hero, whenever there's a, a trouble in the world, especially economic trouble, financial trouble in the world, it's the poor who suffer the most of all. And it's our job to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor. And like Heidi Baker says, good news looks like something. You know, it's, uh, it's tangible. Don't say be warm, be filled without doing something about it. And uh, um, my friend was saying there's a real possibility of food shortages in Africa in particular. You know, the war is going on in Ukraine. It's still it's not stopping. Uh, it, there's, you know, escalation in, in China and Taiwan. There's uh, Biden just went to Israel to say they'd support and Putin just went to Iran. And you got all these things that are going on, but, and, and we're not unaware of these things. The Bible says that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We know stuff is going on, but it's never our focal point. Our job is to fix our eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. So when any, ever anything is going on, more than ever, we need to pause and fix our eyes on Jesus, who is Omega, who tells us what is going to happen in the Bible, and whether it's a 
trial run, whether he's just preparing our hands for uh, battle and our fingers for war, whether he's just, this is a training season for something much further down the road. We are engaged. We are the army of God. We have armor. Uh, Ephesians 6 says, you know, we have a helmet of salvation. We have a breastplate of righteousness. We have a, a belt of truth. We tell the truth. We have, you know, a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We are fitted for battle and we can go to war. So it is time, I believe, for the church to arise in our neighborhoods. I mean, many people, because of the pandemic, because of being shut in, uh, uh, there was things that happened in the pandemic that uh, brought out, in certain cases, the worst of everybody. Sexual abuse increased. Vi domestic violence increased. These types of things increased as people didn't in fear, because when people are afraid and not full of faith like you all, uh, then what happens is the, the worst of us comes out, control comes out, all those things. So what are we supposed to do? This is a time for the sons of Issachar, okay? Because First Chronicles 12, 32 says this. It's talking about all the different things, of the different tribes of these sons and these sons, and it says, of the sons of Issachar, men and women who understood the times. They actually know what's going on. They understand the time that we are living in, the spiritual time frame that we're in. And, you know, for years God's been telling me, and I have had all kinds of crazy prophetic signs. I have been prophesying for the last 10 years that there's going to be a great shift, that we wouldn't be able to go to the past to get there, that we're not waiting for things to go back as usual. But God himself is high above all things. And even the devil thinks he's doing something and he's going to win the war. He's not going to win the war. God is on the throne always. He will win the war. And even when the devil moves and does evil things, God can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. And so God's been telling me that we're moving into these things. And, um, and it says in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, men who understood the times, but not only understood the times, with knowledge, they had knowledge of what Israel should do. They knew what the church is supposed to do. They knew what the people of God needed to do when everything changed. And we have a saying in, uh, in English, you probably heard it a lot of times, that when the tough gets going, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. It basically means that overcomers rise to the top in difficult times. And the strongest come forward when the times are rough. Now, I'm saying this because I perceive that you are all warriors. I, how do I know? I can tell by the songs you sing. I, I, can, I can tell by the testimonies I heard in the car on the way here. I can tell, you know, that you guys are battle ready. You, you know how to fight. You don't just roll over. You're overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You know, and it doesn't, many of us have been through very difficult things, hard things, but we're still here. And we come 
to get equipped, you know. We come to worship God. We come and we worship God in the midst of all of our difficulties. And, and overcomers rise to the top in difficult times. So get ready to be used by God like never before. I know you're an amazing church. You've, I mean, Cindy was telling me testimonies in the car on the way here. How many of you have been on a mission trip to the Philippines with Cindy? Okay, so just wave your hands like this. My goodness, I, my hats off to you. Kudo, I don't. Kudos is not a good word. Blessings, blessings. You know, uh, spiritualize that. I mean, because that she was telling me that you went right to the. You know, Islamic stronghold of the Philippines. My, my brother married a Filipino. And so I, I've been to the Philippines multiple, multiple, multiple times. And there is a sort of no Christians land where the Christians don't go. And you guys went right in there and the CIA had to evacuate you. I mean, I, 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 you guys should be preaching up here, not me. My, I haven't done that yet. Anyway, and, and the overcomers rise to the top in difficult times. The strongest, those trained for battle, come forward when the times are tough. And this is what the sons of Issachar did. They got revelation. You're also a prophetic people. You actually know what to do in this time. You're not under the circumstances. There was a great preacher named Howard Hendricks that used to be a Dallas Seminary professor. Um, and Wesley used to listen to him all the time decades ago and he was funny too you know and 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 so he was telling the story one day of how one of the students came to him and he said hey how are you doing so and so and and the guy said well pretty good under the circumstances and the professor looked at him and said well what are you doing under there you know we're not under those circumstances we are seated with Christ in heavenly places at all times we are from a kingdom that cannot be shaken when everything is shaking around us the kingdom of God cannot be shaken uh, everything that can be shaken will be shaken that's a biblical promise so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain Hebrews 12 therefore since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are in an unshakable kingdom. Come on. That's something to be really, really happy about. That's, it's, it's awesome. So these sons of Issachar, they got revelation, and they knew what Israel ought to do. They knew what the people of God ought to do. And we need this prophetic gift that is in your midst. I know many of you carry that gift, and we need it like never before, to know what to do for people's families, for your city, for the nation of America, while it's being shaken like never before. We need people that hear the Lord, know the Lord, and inquire of the Lord, not just about what's coming, but what to do, what to do and how to get there. So we need to labor in prayer, as the Apostle Paul said, that, and I, I know Cindy does this for you all as your pastor, as your leader. Labor in prayer till Christ is formed in you. You know, Jesus is going to be formed in you. You, beautiful little girl, Jesus is going to be formed in you. You have a good pastor. Yeah, right in the back row there. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, and because things are, 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 are very different. And the Lord spoke to me. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, two full years ago now, 
And he said that he began, I got off a call with uh, Dr. Ed Silboso, and it was a, um, it was a call with international leaders. There were people that were bringing transformation and, you know, the Lord was giving them revelation about how to help whole cities and neighborhoods and see the kingdom of God come on earth like it is in heaven. Great transformation. Um, and it was a, a transformational leaders from many nations. And all of a sudden, I went into this like, I got to write this down. This, this uh, understanding of, of what would come, this prophetic word. And uh, he began to take prophetic words that I've had over the last 30 years and put them all into, synthesize them all into one, one prophetic word. And you have to know this, that say, for example, the book of Isaiah, the book of Ezekiel, the, the, the book of Isaiah was not written in one prophecy, all, all 66 books. It was over time. There were decades of time. The book of Jeremiah, Daniel took a 70-year-old prophecy. Like, a true prophecy never dies. It just stops being believed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we stop believing it, we can sell our birthright if we, you know, and sell out. But, but the, a true prophecy from the Lord, it never dies. And Daniel took a 70-year-old prophecy from the prophet Jeremiah, read it, put his name in the, in the book, and went on a 21-day fast to see that prophecy come to life because he knew it was in that time frame. So I'm saying that sometimes God gives us inklings. In my 20s, I began to have inklings of this new era. I was, it's on CDs, Extreme Disciples with Lou Engel. It's on, you know, uh, uh, Prayers of the Harvest with Paul Cain. There are, I, I mean, um, and... Um, uh, Ken God from England has, Wesley recorded all these CDs and we put them on, uh, 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 prophetic words on them and they've been here for decades. And the Lord showed me that, that God knows what is coming. He is Omega. And he said, like he said in the Bible, that the enemy will come to kill, to steal and destroy. And there will be wars and rumors of wars. We know that from the scripture. It's in the words in red. Jesus himself said those things, okay? But God began to speak to me when these things start to happen. When that, when, in, in, in my lifetime, when those things begin to happen, he said, what will happen is an overcoming generation will arise. And they will do signs. And they will do wonders. And they will change, I tell you, they will change society, and society will not change them. And uh, you can actually even download some of those CDs uh, off our website and, and uh, listen to them. But God showed me that the days of greater works and greater love were coming. And you know, greater love, greater love has no man than this, than he lays down his life for somebody else. And God's going to cause some of us, move us, with such a depth of love that we will willingly lay down our lives to see others succeed and others, um, you know, flourish and others uh, come to Christ. And he said, the greater works were coming. And because Jesus said, greater works than Jesus would we do. Now, have you ever read the New Testament? Do you know the kind of works that Jesus did? Like, we're not, we're talking 
raising the dead, which Cindy said she has seen, she was telling me testimonies, many pe people raised from the dead, four or five or something like that, raised from the dead. Did Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus uh, healed the sick. Jesus w would be, have carry such a healing anointing that everybody that was in earshot of his, uh, of his sermons, of his Sermon on the Mount or whatever, he, they all got healed. Come on. And Jesus says, greater works than me will you do. And we have to read the Bible until we actually believe it. Because it could happen. You could lay hands on the sick and they would recover. You know, because God wants to use you and you and you and every single one of us. And when we don't believe the words, nothing happens. But when we actually believe it, stuff happens. Actually, I was praying for the sick. I got all these prophetic words. And so I, I, maybe somebody can relate to this. I used to get so many prophetic words that the Lord would use me to heal the sick. And at first, when I got those prayers, he said, They're not, you're not going to just prophesy. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to have a healing anointing. It's in a, and I would get these like extraordinary words, ex, big, exceedingly above anything I could ask or think. And maybe you've had some of those words. If it's bigger than you can think, it's probably God. Okay? Because that's what the Bible says. That's how that's, he thinks bigger than us. So I would get these words, and my analytical side of my brain would kick in. I'd go, okay. But I'd, I'd armed with the prophetic word, I'd rush out. And in my thinking, I was thinking, you know, God is so great. And God is so powerful that, that a wheelchair is the same as a headache to God. So why, you know, I would, I'd be sitting in the room and somebody said, you know, there would be testimonies of they got healed, they got healed of a headache. And I have to tell you, I confess my sins, but I would hear about a headache being healed and I would uh, kind of go, a headache, well, you know, how do you know if it, yeah, I mean, because I've never suffered from headaches, so if I ever get a slight little thing, I, 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 I barely even take an aspirin in like maybe two in 10 years. I, I just never get headaches. So my thinking of a headache is a headache is nothing. And I, I mean, I was so critical. It's terrible. I'm, I'm, I am confessing my sins. So I, I was thinking, ah, a headache, you know. And, and, and I was thinking, like, if God's going to use me to heal the sick, I mean, I'm going to go for the wheelchairs so that God gets real glory, you know what I mean? Because maybe there's other people that think like me. What, what about a headache, you know? And uh, so I would go for, headache, for wheelchairs. And I went for a wheelchair. And the first time I got that prophetic, armed with my prophetic word, I walked over to a wheelchair I saw. I prayed for the sick and nothing happened. I, you know, I tried to stand them up and they fell down. I mean, it was, it was terrible. It was not good. And... Um, and, and I, I, I would, but I'd say, okay, well, I'm, I'd maybe not do it the first time, but maybe the second time. So for three and a half years, I prayed for wheelchairs. Three and a half years, almost every meeting. And I go to a lot of meetings. I would on purpose look out the wheelchair and I would get discouraged. And I'd, I'd, I'd say, oh, Lord, I don't have it. I do not have a gift of healing. No wheelchair ever gets up. Nothing ever happens. You know, and I would go back to a service and somebody would say, the Lord is going to use you to heal this. I go, ah, you know, so I'd say, okay, I'll keep trying. And I got to the point where, you know, I'm reading Hebrews 11 and I, by faith, 
They conquered kingdoms. They shut the mouths of lions. They did this. You, time would tell me, fail me to tell of Samson, of Jephthah, all those guys. Anyway, and I got to the point, and then it goes at the end of Hebrews 11, but others were sawn in two, wandered about. And I thought, you know, even if I'm a but other, even if I never see it, I know it's in the Bible, and I'm never going to stop praying for a wheelchair no matter what, because if it's in the Bible, I'm not going to reduce the Bible to my experience. I'm going to give my whole life to increasing my experience to the Bible. So I, I got to that point where, you know, I, I, I was just, I'm going to always pray for the sick. But three and a half years later, you know, I go, I pray for another wheelchair, and, I'm, uh, and nothing happens. They can't wiggle a toe. They can't do nothing. And I look up at the ceiling, and I go, God, I said, am I doing something wrong? And instantly I hear him go, yeah. I said, what? He says, if you're faithful with a few things, I'll make you faithful over many things. Why didn't I think of that? So I actually was speaking that afternoon, and I got up in front of the crowd. And I was now I was like, I got it. I realized why it's not happening. I haven't been faithful in a few things. So I said, you know, I'm just learning to pray for the sick. I said, so I specialize in headaches. Does anybody here have a headache? And lo and behold, five people came up. And, and that's when my whole heart turned towards headaches. Because I realized that there's certain people, so I'm praying for them. And, you know, and I asked every single one of them, did anything happen? Uh, you know, I said, I prayed for it. I said, who has a headache right now? And they, they came up. I said, did the headache lift? They said, no. I said, okay. And I'm praying. And then this one lady, she was just... Like, her whole face was just cracked with pain. And she says, I have migraines so bad, I can hardly get out of bed. She says, I have to close. I can't stand light. I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I, I rarely, I, sometimes I, I can't, I can't come to church. I can't do this. And suddenly I realized, you know, for some people, a headache is as bad as a wheelchair. It's as debilitating as a wheelchair. And my heart moved with compassion, and I, like true compassion. And I was sure God was going to heal her because Jesus moved with compassion, healed the sick. And so God suddenly began to give me compassion and faith for headaches. And I prayed for her. I said, you feel anything better? Any? She said, no, not, not yet. And, and, and I prayed for the other one. Nobody got healed. But I said, you know, maybe you'll get healed as you go. Because... Sometimes they got healed as they went. So I, I don't know why God didn't heal them. I, knew, I said, I'm just the prayer. God is the healer. So we just co-labor with God. God will do what God will do. And, uh, and so, but later, I was so full of faith that this person was going to get healed because I felt such genuine compassion that I searched her out at the night meeting. And I ran up to her and I said, hey, how's your headache? And she goes, well, actually... After you prayed for me, it got worse. And I'm thinking, God, I am making people sicker. This is not working, you know. And for three and a half years, I prayed for headaches. And as far as I know, nobody got healed. So now I have a seven-year history of praying for the sick, okay? And I go up to Nunavut, which is northern Canada with the Inuit. 
And I'm doing a conference with the Inuit. They're all indigenous people, the first of the first people of Canada. And um, I uh, am scheduled to speak, and the Inuit elders, uh, the, the guy from Pond Inlet, the top of Baffin Island, uh, the top, yeah, uh, not of Baffin Island, but right, right at the very top of the top, might be top of Baffin Island, he comes down uh, to this conference at the bottom of Baffin Island, and he, 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 he had flown down, and he said the Lord gave him this vision that all the Inuit elders was, were supposed to come around me and lay hands on me and release me as a prophet to the nations from the first of the first people of Canada. And so I went, thank you. And so they all came around me and they only spoke Inuktitut. Now Inuktitut is like this, it's a very unique language. I speak French and German, so it's not French, I'll tell you that. And it's, you know, very guttural, and Inuktitut sounds like what the language sounds like. And they're all speaking Inuktitut and they're praying, and I feel the presence of God come over me and I fall out and, and I'm lying down there for about an hour, and by the time I get up, but I felt, when I got up, I felt a presence of the Spirit of God that I never felt before in my life. And I said, God, what is that? He said, it's the power, it's the presence of God to heal the sick. So I, the ministry time was going on. So I walked straight up, to, and they'd already called people up, and I stood in front of this long, gray-haired Inuit lady, and, and through an interpreter, I said, are you sick anywhere? And she goes, yes, my knees, my knees. And anyway, she said, I can hardly walk. I barely could walk to get here. Anyway, so I prayed for her. And when I prayed for her, the Spirit of God came on her, and she fell over and started laughing. I went, hot dog, you know, something is happening. Something's happening, you know. For the first time in my ministry of healing, you know, something's happening. And so, and so anyway, I prayed for other people. But I, 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 that night when she came back, I said, what happened? And she comes to the front. I said, did you get healed? She said, I got totally healed, totally healed. And so she's telling the interpreter this. And I said, interpreter, bring her up here, bring her up here. So she comes to the front to give this healing testimony. And what she said was, the interpreter's telling me that, uh, so he's interpreting while she's talking. He said, well, she, she, when she fell over, she felt the spirit of God come on her. Her knees got very, very hot. And when she stood up, she could walk and she could move. And she walked at a mile up Nipple Hill. And I said, what? What? What, what did she? And he, and he said again, she walked a mile up Nipple Hill. And I go, what? Anyway, there's a hill in the middle of the village just outside that, you know, the, the, the Inuit are very natural. I guess it goes straight up and straight down. Anyway, so, so that's how I remember my first healing. It was Nipple Hill. Anyway, uh, but, but they, they, they had, uh, so, but from that point, the Lord began to use me. I would do whole healing services and all, the, all this kind of thing. But I will say this, that the very first person I ever saw get out of a wheelchair was my own son. And sometimes... We contend in secret for years for a breakthrough that, you know, and we pray for everybody else and everybody else and everybody else and we serve and we lay down our life and we do it because one day 
all that we cast on the water is going to come right back at you. And all those prayers that this community has prayed and seen and helped my son and helped many other sons and helped many other daughters and broke through and fought for, and you, you get tired of doing it sometimes. You sometimes lose faith for it. It will come right back down on your heads and bless you and your, your households. Uh, we know that from Cornelius in the New Testament. Anyway, the Lord began to speak to me about this era, and uh, I, he told me a lot of different things. Uh, and I'm not going to go through that prophetic word, but, but God is still on the throne. I'm here to tell you that. And, and I know you know that. But because of COVID, I'm reading a Christianity Today article from April of 2020. So in just one month of the pandemic, uh, coronavirus searches lead millions to hear about Jesus. And then it goes, the whole article goes on to say, tens of thousands have clicked to pray for salvation since the outbreak. Is the, and it goes on to talk about how prior to the pandemic, people, you know, online searches for Jesus were like very, very few. You know, there was some here and some there. But since the pandemic, it exploded and millions began searching for God that couldn't come to a church or wouldn't come to a church. And they're finding Jesus in the privacy of their own homes. And you know that the book of Revelation talks about the angel or the messenger with the eternal gospel in midair. And I believe that the eternal gospel is exploding in midair in this time. And more people are finding out about God that will never come to church from the privacy of their own home. God is advancing. Aslan is on the move. The world will be fearful, but the church must be full of faith. And I've got a whole bunch of things, and I just, just feel to say this, that you know, I, I feel that I, I came here because you guys are in the, in the picture of uh, the Old Testament. You know, Moses, where he had to hold up his hands and he had to fight in that posture of prayer. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites won their battle. But as soon as Moses' arms began to fall down, then they lost, they lost the battles. And so Aaron and her came alongside. So I'm going to call the Shiloh company up. And uh, Aaron and her came alongside. And they held up Moses' hands so that Moses, so that the, the Israelites could win their battles. And I know you are a warrior tribe. You got a Deborah, you know, in, in, in charge here that's leading you. And you know about Deborah in the Bible. She was a judge. She was a, a wife. She was, and she deployed the troops to different places. You know, she deployed Barak. Barak actually went and fought the battle, but Deborah was like the general that said, okay, Barak, you go over there. And, and JL came, and she raised up all these other fighters and all these other people. And you have a, you have a Deborah as your leader, so you are called for battle. But we want to come and hold up your arms. I'm waiting for you. I'm keeping talking so that you move okay and uh and so we're just going to do a little pro prophetic ministry and i always say this before i prophesy we prophesy um um the, uh 
you know, we're, some of these are, are my mentees and, and learning to prophesy, being equipped to prophesy. But, but, but the thing is this, the way the Bible says, it says, when you come to church, when you gather, 1 Corinthians 14, let two or three prophets prophesy, or more. It's not, it's not limited, because they had everybody in the New Testament, they all prophesied. You know, everyone has a word, everyone has a song, everyone, you know, and they're kind of complaining. So in the New Testament, on a normal Sunday, they pared it down to two or three. And so that, uh, but in our churches, sometimes we go months without having any prophetic. It should be not the whole service, but part of the service. But I'm a special guest, so we're going to... Uh, change it up a little bit here today but we're going to pray for you and the bible says that the gift of prophecy is for edification to build you up exhortation you know strengthen exhort you to keep running the race just like those prophecies for healing they exhorted me when i wanted to quit and comfort uh to comfort the us in all our afflictions so that, that god sees and knows and gives us comfort and the and then that says that Two or three prophets should prophesy, but the others. So if we prophesy, the others would be you guys. The rest of you, the one to whom the prophecy is given, must judge the prophetic word. If you don't judge it, it uh, then it, you, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's no manipulation. There's no control. You can't control somebody with a, a gift of leadership or prophecy or or anything or healing it's it's where the spirit of the lord is there's freedom and you all have freedom to judge your prophetic word in the language of scripture to uh, extract the precious from the worthless to uh, uh, not despise prophetic utterance but you know and sometimes it doesn't make any sense to you like when i got the prophetic word about all this healing it wasn't until a week later that that came to clarity sometimes i've had prophetic words that are years before it happens, you know, and sometimes uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm disobedient, or maybe the prophet missed it, or whatever. But but we we have to have discernment, okay? So you wait carefully. And at the end of the day, if we've done if we love one another, we've done the whole Bible. In this, the law and the prophets is fulfilled. If you love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and your neighbor as yourself, you know, uh, you've, you've done the whole law and the prophets, which is the hard part of the Bible. It's like Exodus and Leviticus and number, you know, it's, it's not the easy part. It's the hard part of the Bible. And so love is very, very important. So this is not for, uh, we don't judge one another. We don't criticize one another. We serve one another with whatever gifts that we have. So... I'm going to let one of you start. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us. Come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.